0: yes hello and welcome to another episode of never seen star wars but before today we'd never seen chapters two and three of the book and boba fett but now we have I'm your host Trevor Chong. It's so great to be here today. Uh, Sorry we missed you last week. We were on a bit of a vision quest. I believe uh, we had lizards up by nose but uh, we're back now. Joe Ash is here with me. Joe Ash, how was your vision quest?
1: Yeah it was great. Like, really enjoyed episode two, episode three. We got to uncover a whole bunch more of the storyline with Boba and What's, what's going on on Tatooine in the past and in the present. So yeah, excited to uncover that with you today, Trevor.
0: Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, again, we've never seen Star Wars. Make sure you please follow us, uh, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, and you can follow us on our Instagram page at NeverSeenSW. And always chime in whenever we have a new podcast or ask us questions. It's great to be here. So yeah, here we are. We've been doing this uh, every other week podcast to the Book of Boba Fett. We talked about chapter one, and now we're talking about chapters two and three. A couple of interesting episodes. They kind of work together. Um, yeah, Joe, sort of just initial thoughts. You kind of give us a little bit of, but initial thoughts. Um, how are you enjoying Book of Boba Fett so far?
1: Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think it's uh, something different that we haven't been exposed to. And uh, for me personally, you know, I haven't grown up with, some, with the original trilogy being the only type of Star Wars I've had. It's really nice to unpack Tatooine a little bit more and we get to see that in, um, in in the sequels as well. But uh, here we get to see some more characters. Uh, we get to see some more communities, uh, and we get to unpack like that sort of gang uh, owned and gang run Tatooine that we're a little unfamiliar with uh, until now.
0: Yeah, there's there's multiple forces, multiple sides going on. It's a little confusing to keep track of. Uh, a little bit of Game of Thrones going on here. There's different houses battling that's, for the throne.
1: That's exactly where my mind went too. Like there's so many different things happening. There's so many different houses, if you will, and and people head to head. You would expect with like a show like Book of Boba Fett that there'd be a lot of action, but I'm finding that like more of the political warfare seems to be taking over this series.
0: Right, and you know, I think George Lucas would be a big fan. He loves bringing politics into Star Wars. Uh, if you were to bring a character from Game of Thrones into the Book of Boba <laughs> Fett, who who would think would be the best fit in the Book of Boba Fett, ash
1: Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's it. <laughs> maybe, maybe Arya Stark.
0: <laughs> okay, Arya would be good. What about uh, what about the Night King? How would he fit in? Might be a little, maybe King. a little hot for him in the Tatooine
1: or a stanis baratheon of sorts it just seems like there's always somebody vying for this for his, for the seat right and Bo right. has to keep uh, a look over his back to make sure nobody's trying to stab him in the back if you will so, like figuratively and literally so uh a lot of uh a lot of political sort of gamesmanship going on
0: yes well maybe one day uh if they run out of ideas the we'll do a crossover show we'll see it <laughs> uh for me I, I as i said i've been enjoying this show I, I enjoyed episode one. I don't think I was hooked yet. I wanted to know what it was about. And chapter two came out, and I loved chapter two with the train. Uh, they introduced the twins, that sort of thing. They, Boba Fett got a staff, and I loved I loved chapter two. It was longer. It was like 55 minutes or something like that. It was long. And chapter three came. I was really looking forward to it, and it was Okay. It was okay from my perspective. I don't, I don't know. I, I try not to be negative about it because I because I just was so over the top uh, happy about how episode two was. Uh, that, so episode three almost let me down a bit, but I think there's still lots of stuff that's setting up, and so I'm going to trust that there's some setup happening for episode four. Is that fair, Joash?
1: I'd agree. Yeah, I'd agree. I think like episode two was so good um, from a storytelling perspective, uh, which we'll dig into, of course, the, the nitty gritty of it, but. And yeah maybe season as episode 3 is just setting up like the rest of the series right mm-hmm. I think we're starting to see the whole story come together um but I agree yeah episode 2 was really really great
0: Yeah, so since we're talking about two episodes here today, we're going to kind of just break it down by headlines, the big things that have happened in these last two episodes, kind of chat a bit about it and see where that takes us. So let's talk a bit about Boba Fett and the Tusken Raiders. He went through quite a journey in these two episodes of what happened here, but he was really becoming a part of this tribe this tribe of Tuscan Raiders, this tribe on Tatooine, uh, to the point where he wants to help them take down this crazy train. Did you know that there were trains that ran through the deserts of Tatooine, Joash?
1: No idea. No idea. And when you heard, heard it coming for the first time, you're just like, what the heck is coming at us? Like, we don't know. I thought it was like either, a, a, you know, like a, some sort of like sandworm, Dune-esque, like, you know, like from episode one, or I had no idea that it was going to be this giant... Metallic train uh, shooting with like a gang people just shooting out from the side for no apparent reason. So uh, yeah, that was surprising.
0: Yeah, no apparent reason. Yeah, why were they shooting at the Tusk Raiders? What what's the problem there?
1: And I think we unpack that in, in episode three a little bit when Boba does go um, back and 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 speaks to uh, I think one of the Pike uh, in at the early in the episode. Mm-hmm. It seems like, you know, the pike have ta- asked this, uh, this group to protect them as they travel through the desert sea. Um, so I believe that's probably it, right? They wanna just protect the goods, protect the, the beings on board. And they're doing that with their aggression instead of just running through in this giant metallic train. But that's just my assumption.
0: Right. They must just think that the Tusken Raiders, they're just monsters. They're savages. They they don't deserve any sort of respect. Let's just clear them out. It's like getting rid of rats or something like that. Uh, so there's kind of a fun part there where, where Boba Fett is learning how to use a staff. He's he's learning the certain ways. And then he decides that you know he's going to teach uh, the Tusken Raiders how to use the speeder bikes. It's just fun to see them sort of Teaching and learning from each other. And I think we're starting to get a bit more understanding of where Boba Fett is as a character to this point.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like he's, there's this relationship they formed. He was a prisoner, now he's part of their community. Um, He's teaching them how to protect themselves from this train and earning their trust, right? I think there's like a mutual affection there between both of them and uh, both the Tusken Raiders and Boba. And, and we get, we get, we start to find out just how (laughs) heartbreaking that is, but, um, it's a really cool dynamic.
0: Yeah. What do you think is easier to ride a speeder bike or a Bantha?
1: Honestly, Bantha, you just sit on its back. It goes wherever the heck it wants. You might guide it a little bit, but you're not falling off by any means. But when right. we saw those speeder bikes, we saw multiple Tuscan Raiders and uh, some of the, the the Pike army fall off of their bikes as well.
0: Yeah, it seemed like it. So they we do get this like really exciting uh, scene, probably the most exciting scene we've seen in the three episodes where they take down this train um yeah i don't even know what what, where to start with it or what to say in it it was just really awesome to see tuscan Raiders flying on uh, the speeder bikes we saw that really cool tuscan Raider that was fight that was a training boba fett specifically with the staff he comes in with like a big rescue at certain point um yeah, it's just great There's anything to talk about with that joy. So it was just awesome. We just love it. Yeah, that.
1: no, really cool action scene really takes me back to like a, a, a Western right where a gang tries to take over a train and, you know, steal everything inside like very similar uh, kind of action. I thought like the blaster scene where uh, the the engines were shooting out these giant flames and they had to hide behind the uh, little pockets to protect themselves from those flames and the speeder bike that's going alongside it and how they uh, finally figured out how to take these things, uh, the train down really cool action sequence in general. I'm just, my question is like, how the heck did the Tuscan Raiders pick up the speed uh, you know, the, uh, the whole bike thing so quickly, right. They're used to these Banthas, these Banthas don't walk very fast. And now they're on this like, extremely quick um uh, speeder right like how does that happen mm-hmm. and, and to the to the extent that they're able to perform these maneuvers and traverse this moving vehicle in the manner that they did um i mean either boba's a really good uh, a really good teacher or you know these guys just pick things up really quickly
0: yeah i think you just nailed it i think boba fett is just a great teacher he's an incredible teacher i mean as well i guess that tuscan raider is really good teacher teaching boba fett he's a staff too because when we saw him in the mandalorian he was just wrecking people with that staff so just really good communication for people even though their sign language when he's talking about he would say like a full two sentences and make like one sign you know stop let's stop the train with the speeder bikes and he would just put his one hand to the other you know i don't really get the communication there but in the end it it, it worked out he's just a great figured teacher. it out yeah they
1: figured it out they know how to speak that's all that matters. And so they
0: take down the train. They sort of tell them, this is, our, this is the Tuscan Raiders' land. You have to be paying that respect there. We'll be protecting you under there. Um, we see later on that that, that is not the case. Uh, but let's talk about this. a like, sec. So after Boba Fett, he does this, he sort of gains their respect and he goes on this vision quest. He gets a gift, a lizard. And the lizard jumps into his nose, right? And up into what, his brain or something? Yeah, that was a really
1: interesting scene. Like, they, you know, they open up this box, and there's just a lizard. And even his reaction is, "Oh, it's a lizard!" <laughs> and then it jumps into his face. Yes. Crawls, assumingly, into his brain, and then leads him on this vision quest. Now, and, and for me, I was thinking, okay, this lizard has to have some sort of force attunement because it's not the first time they've used this lizard to crawl into somebody's brain before right to go find a sacred stick to make into a staff right and Mm. they came out of that tent being like hey you have the stick and he's like what he's still coming to it he's still out of it still has a lizard in his nose and he's got the stick in his hand when he comes back from the vision quest so this is not the first time they've used that lizard so the hygiene aspect that's (laughs) something else we can right. talk about. But for me, this has to be some sort of very, you know, cl- this lizard is closely attuned to the force in some capacity, leading these people to their sacred staffs.
0: Interesting. Do you think the lizard will receive some sort of Jedi training at some point uh, in the, the future of this, of this show? Or did the lizard survive? Did the lizard, did the lizard die in, the, in chapter three? Yeah, I I don't know. I guess that's
1: we're gonna we'll either find that out or we
0: won't. Yeah, we get maybe that's the next show coming out, the Book of the Lizard. (laughs) So he does get a staff. He he gets a stick. It's a really cool sequence where they create the staff. Um, I feel like not not there was like it was made out of wood at the start, but then like they added majority of it was metal. So I don't really know if they needed the specific piece of wood, but. They did. It's fine. And he and his staff. And it seems like everything is going to go great. They have this all figured out. He's making deals with the Pikes. He's saying, hey, um, you know, we're the ones watching it. You don't have to worry about this gang, this, this chicken wing gang that we talked about two weeks ago. Um, you know, we're going to take care of them. But then he comes back. And just like that, he's gained their respect. He's bonded with the Tuscan Raiders. And now they're gone, George. Is this the end of the Tuscan Raiders? Is that, I mean, at least that tribe. Is, it, is this the last we see of Tuscan Raiders in this show? Good
1: question. Um, I was thinking about that as I watched the episode as well. I don't know. I, I think like that's a really good ending to the chapter of the Tuscan Raiders and how I guess he's built up this animosity toward the Pike. Um, by all accounts, it seems like the Pike are directly responsible for the decimation of the community he was just a part of. Um, so i think that's going to be his motivation to fighting this upcoming war
0: yes i think it's it's a little confusing because there's the the pikes right who we see who are mostly in the train but then there's like that gang who i believe are like hired by the pikes maybe or they're paying for protection so it's sort of confusing of like who was it that um specifically made this call i i would imagine that in this this sort of back story this original story he's going to take out this chicken wing gang but then now he's got to reface these pikes here does that you make sense with that
1: yeah maybe but like the beginning of the episode as well when he is talking to the pike it sounds like that gang is still contracted by the pike yes. to protect them they aren't like not they didn't say no we aren't going to use them and they didn't say we, we they just said we're not going to pay two parties to protect us mm-hmm. So my assumption is maybe the Pike in some sort of sneaky way contracted there or sent out their gang to decimate this village's payback toward Mm -hmm. Boba Fett potentially. Uh, But you're right, it could just be the gang deciding that they want to do it themselves, maybe, maybe we do get a flashback where he's back in a back to tank and taken back to uh, this time with with the Tuscan Raiders to uh, I guess enact revenge but. I don't know. I'm leaning towards more the pike are sort of behind that whole thing as a as revenge on taking down the train.
0: Yeah. And so this this builds into the sort of the big war. Maybe he lost the first the first battle here, but he's gonna win the war, right? Maybe that's what it is. So it sort of ties in the two stories together. The pikes are an interesting. One now we've seen them sort of, right? Like I don't know if you have, like they believe they were in solo, a Star Wars story. They were on Kessel, which he talked about. Um and then uh, I definitely they definitely make appearances in the in the animated series. Um, it's hard to remember exactly. I'm pretty sure they're in like the 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 newest se- the newest uh, season of the Clone Wars, the one that they made on Disney Plus with the the storyline with the sisters and Ahsoka. Um, so they do make appearances here and there. But this, I guess, we're really gonna get to know them uh, more in live action. But I think we've seen them again. It's cool that we have the 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 bad guys. So the Pikes are officially that's the villain of this show is is that right Josh?
1: i think we've uncovered the villain of this show the huts obviously were just like peace we're out we don't want to deal with this pike incoming war i, I think that's like a sign that the pike are going to be a formidable foe for boba and it sounds it sounds like they have an army <laughs> it was just a small crew of cyborg humans uh gamorreans you know, Shenik fan, <laughs> like that's it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who else does he really have? It's, it's, it's him. And maybe hopefully what I'd love to see is Black Crescentin join the fray. He's been, you know, he's been released after that initial attempt on Boba Fett's life after the Hutts kind of okay, it, it sent him along and now he's been taken, hot, I guess, taken prisoner and then released. And in in his pl- in his place, they get a ra- he gets a rancor, Boba Boba does. So um, maybe Trusandin adds to that, but I I, I still think like Boba's going to be up up against it.
0: Against He's going to be up to against show. a lot, yeah. And you you brought up a lot of the characters. Let's go through that. There's a, we were introduced to a lot of more interesting characters in this story, and I think that's what got me so excited about Episode Two. We're seeing so many different characters that we were introduced to. And as just say, so I think the big one to start is, is, is Chrysanthemum, black Chris He comes from the comic books. Um, it was just so cool to see him uh, the first time we saw him this, this giant Wookiee who looked, uh, he looked so formidable, like, like a great foe. Uh, were you excited to see him, Joe
1: I was stoked. Oh my gosh. As soon as he walked on his screen, just commands the screen, looking menacingly at, at, you know like Boba he's like you're my foe I'm gonna take you down um Chris based on my research is like a gladiator slash bounty hunter as well and you know just a really cool character like the first like true Wookiee uh new Wookiee character we get to see outside of Chewbacca which I really liked and, yeah. and that's why I'm hoping we get we get more of him because even from the previous movies we only get a few scenes of Wookiees and there's no particular Wookiee that we actually zone in on. And Chrysanthemum just provides that value. But yeah, he's a cool looking character for sure.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think we see, like in Revenge of the Sith, we see the Wookiees a little bit. um, And then in Solo, again, we see a couple Wookiees. They free Wookiees off Kessel. But we don't really get to to spend any time with them. They don't have any character beats. And so immediately here, Chrysanthemum comes the second most uh, well-known Wookiee in the Star Wars universe. And he comes in. He looks so so awesome. And then he tries to kill Boba Fett in the night uh, as he's taking a nap. From that was cool. When he woke up and all of a sudden, Chrysanthen there. Did you get a little jump scare there?
1: Yeah, a little jump scare. He just gets choked out, pulled out of the back of the tank, and then attacked right away. But. It was cool, and maybe this is me jumping to the cyborgs, but it was cool to see them come to his rescue a little bit right away. Very uh, Gamorrean-esque, right? We didn't know what kind of allies they would be, and immediately they're they're there and protecting Boba Fett, which I thought was really cool.
0: I think that's right. I think he's building up his army. He had the Gamorreans first um then he's got, got the the cybrook who so we'll get into a bit and i do think you're right I do you think that there's a really good chance that we he's he, we're definitely going to see him again right we're definitely gonna see him again
1: i hope so i really hope so like i hope that's not the last we see of chrysanthemum that's a that's a cool character that you can't just introduce for an episode and a half and then just say no right and i think in the comics they actually form a friendship um or i think chrysanthemum joins up with boba fett on some of his bounty hunting adventures so um
0: okay so there you go yeah because i think he's definitely he had like he's such a cool character it would be such a waste to not have him in there and so the question is just what side is he gonna end up fighting on then i think you're right i mean i don't see why boba fett if he needs to build an army he doesn't get chrysanthemum on his side
1: yeah and he's a bounty hunter right like i think you see that hey business is business you were just doing business i get that now business is over go and do business somewhere else kind of thing but i think we'll see a return of chrysanthemum and probably being like hey that guy is a respectable person i he understands the business <laughs> like if he wants somebody on his side that you know like boba wants to lead with respect i think chrysanthemum might be one of those wookies that's looking for a respectful leader as well
0: mm, yes yes the rookies are often known for their the desire for respect uh, who, who do you think would win in a fight uh chrysanthemum or chewbacca who would win in a? oh chrysanthemum I, so? I have to say
1: i think chrysanthemum he looks like he knows how to handle more weapons and his that scar is menacing and he looks like he's massive um, if I'm putting money down, I'm probably putting money down on chrysanthemum.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. I thought for a moment. Did you think this that that when they put chrysanthemum into the wiki, uh, sorry, the rancor pit, that they weren't going to have a new ra- rancor, but that chrysanthemum would be like the new rancor, right? That they would, if they had enemy, they would feed them to chrysanthemum. I thought that that could have been something.
1: That's funny. Um, I was actually thinking. Well, I was surprised when the Rancor show, showed up. I thought that was really cool. Um, I was actually thinking when Chrysanthemum dropped in, they never took that throwing knife out of his hand. I thought he was going to use that to make a lock <laughs> to get out. Right. Um, no, but no I didn't they think just let him out.
0: Easy. Yeah. <laughs> said, you can go. And he ran away. He jogged off into the into the desert. Um. Yeah, so let's get in. So we talked about, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the Rancor here, but let's look at the, the twins. I thought the twins was a really cool reveal. Um. He, we see in the second episode that, that, oh, there's someone else that's laid claim to this land. The cousins of Jabba the Hut, the twins. I was telling you uh, last time we talked, I said, I think we're going to see, I thought we could see Chewbacca. We didn't. We saw Wookiee, though, and I think we're going to see a hut. And we see, we, here we, are. we get two huts, the twins. Two huts. Uh, was it cool to see the twins?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Seeing huts again on the screen, I think that was something we were clamoring for in our first episode. That was really cool. You got to see them paraded around Tatooine on the backs of some slaves, which it looks like was the norm there. Uh, And then we got to see like like just regular hutisms, which is just being very (laughs) sleazy, sneaky, very politically like charged ways of doing things. And um, you saw that in the way Chrysanthemum attacked Boba Fett, like sleeping, right? They wanted a quick assassination um, uh, multiple times on Boba. And we never got that. So um, yeah, it was really cool to see the huts again, for sure.
0: Yeah, and now they sort of at the end, just sort of they they presented the rancor and then they they said they're out of here. Is is that the end of the twins? That one I could see.
1: I think so, because I think we've just been given a lot of like smoke and mirrors as to who the true, who the true baddies are in the show. Um, I think from like a fan perspective, it's really nice to see huts again on Tatooine, right? And, but yeah, I agree with you. I think that this might be the last we see of the Huts. Um, but they've introduced a Rancor for us and one that Boba might even ride, which I think is really cool.
0: Yeah, sure. Let's get another Rancor show. I got some more questions about the twins, but the Rancor comes, I, I didn't think we'd see another Rancor, who knows where they got it from um it's depressed it's a depressed rancor uh but we learn a little bit about it helps us understand a bit more about that jabba uh sorry the return of the jedi guy who was in love with the rancor apparently the first few minutes sees it sort of imprints on it like it's uh, jacob from twilight and he is making this connection immediately with the rancor and he says i want to learn how to ride him is there? Over or under a hundred percent chance that Boba Fett rides a Rancor yeah, this season. Yeah, it's got to be a hundred percent. Like, and even just having
1: Danny Trejo be the the keeper of the Rancor, I guess. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what you call him, a Rancor Shepherd. That was really cool, and he's just like, heck yeah, he's going to be riding this Rancor, and and that's going to be cool. So yeah, that there's definitely a setup of a Rancor riding at some point in this season.
0: Yeah, I mean that's going to be. I don't know. I mean it's it's hard to say because. Because you know, again, we'll go back to Game of Thrones, where it's so, it so cool. Of like, oh, we always thought, oh, who's gonna ride the dragons? Oh, and when Danny and John one day they'll ride the dragons together. But you know what? really, it wasn't that great. And so it's sort of like you build it up in your mind, and then yeah, but who's? We've never seen anyone ride a rancor right.
1: in Star yeah. Wars before. So I think seeing Boba ride a rancor into war, that's gonna be
0: cool. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be interesting. I think because right now, if he has a rancor, if and then it's like the pikes are no match for it. So it'll be interesting to see if we see the pikes sort of load up their army. We really want to see the strength. Maybe that's what we'll see in chapter four is really the strength of the pikes and what they have right. to offer. Um, so he has a rancor. I don't think there's much else to say of the rancor. It's kind of cool. He has a rancor. Um, the twins, let's go back to the twins. though they, They're the ones that delivered it. Uh, it's sort of weird that they did deliver the rancor to Boba Fett, but that sort of makes me believe that they are actually out of here because why would they give... Why would they give him such a weapon and then piece, and then stick around, right? Uh, yeah,
1: I think it's more, I think the, so for me, the gift of the Rancor is just to fill that empty pit, right? Like, they're like, okay, yeah, you can be whatever kind of leader you are on Tatooine, but you have a Rancor pit that's empty right now. And we know you're just throwing people in there for fun. Here's an actual rancor in case you want to use it. So that to (laughs) me is the sign that they're probably not coming back because they might've had plans to keep that rancor for themselves and use it when they, I, you know, assumingly took over, they've just given up at this point. So I think they might know how formidable the pike are. Um, we're probably going to find that out. Uh, as the episodes go along. But um, yeah, I don't think we're seeing the huts.
0: Yeah, so the huts, they're just, they're out of here. They're they're getting carried out of here, Joash. And now, how heavy do you think it is to carry a pair of huts?
1: Yeah, I think those slaves are struggling. I think they could use a few more. Um,
0: Like how, how, how much would a hut weigh, would you think?
1: How much does an elephant weigh?
0: i mean that's a great question we could look it up i guess
1: i'd say they're pretty probably pretty similar maybe just a sh- as a shade under whatever an elephant weighs but um maybe we could google how
0: okay you- uh, elephant weight in i need it in pounds i have kilograms i don't know how, what that means um elephant weight is uh between 4,000 and 14,000 pounds so that's a lot it's a lot
1: well, Wikipedia, the most trusted information source in all things Star Wars, okay. says that a hut can somehow can some, uh, weigh somewhere between 500 kilograms and 600 kilograms. So, so what does that impact? I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> we got to look it up. We got to look it up. Kilograms to pounds. Isn't it like 2.2 or something like that? It's
1: 1100. Okay, 1102 so, so 500
0: kilograms yeah okay so yeah 1100 so 1000 pounds so 2200 pounds, how much what does can one person hold up in a in the, if they're carrying this litter here. How much. Do well, you want? and I probably
1: a lot. But a regular <laughs> I don't think man, so. Um, on their shoulders. like walking across really...
0: the entire dune sea or whatever it is right? yeah. That's a lot, hey. Because I think I counted, I counted seven on each end, and then two on the front, two on the back, so uh, fourteen, fifteen, seven, eighteen people. Eighteen people. They carry, they carry about a hundred pounds each. Eighteen people. That's eighteen hundred pounds. That's that's not enough pounds. That's not enough weight. <laughs> They're struggling. Yeah. They need to figure this and out. Walking
1: across a desert, like. How do they do that? And you know, you just assume that the huts are probably losing losing some of these walkers left, right, and center. How do they replace them so quickly?
0: Right. Yeah, how many of them must die? Like they they none of them look particularly strong or anything, too. They're just regular guys. Completely.
1: Yeah, completely inefficient way, especially on a planet where you have pod racers. <laughs> you choose to have human beings just strut you around. Right, say put anything. a couple
0: speeder bikes on the end of them and then and drive them out, right? Like, why are we using people to do this? It's just, you know, who knows? I guess it's just how it shows us what the Huts think of, of people, of humans. Um, they talk a lot about Hutta. We hear a lot about Hutta. Is that somewhere you'd want to see? Honestly, yes,
1: actually. I I'm very curious what hutta looks like. Yes. Based on what we've seen from huts themselves. What does a planet filled with really large slugs <laughs> look like?
0: <laughs> yeah, like how big must their restaurants be, for example, right? Like they need huge seating areas. And then the amount of food that they cook, and, and how do they cook? Who cooks the food? Like they don't have well, I guess they do have arms, right? But like I just don't know. We haven't, seen, we haven't actually seen a hut do anything before, right? Other than sit there, am I right?
1: No, we haven't. Yeah, they just sit there and eat.
0: <laughs> yeah, all right. So that's the huts, maybe the last of them. The mayor, we met the mayor. It was kind of a cool looking creature. We've seen like the creature before, but never anything uh, significant as far as I can tell. Did you like what you saw from the mayor?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just a brief glimpse into the mayor. Um, and you know, we at at that point when we met the, ma- the mayor, we thought that he was going to be the big baddie in this entire uh, web of things. But that has that's been proven false. Even the mayor is afraid of the Pike. And so, um, yeah, I thought the mayor scene was cool. I thought we'd see a little bit more of him in episode three, but um, alas, we did not.
0: Yeah, and so th- that brings us, you know, that we we learn about this episode, there's these different parts here. You got to gain the respect of each of each part. There's the, the worker district is the one that he's focusing on. And we meet these cyborgs these, these humans who have decided to enhance themselves um, by adding droid parts to themselves. And they're not just cyborgs, Joyce. They're cyborgs who ride mopeds. What did you think of these cyborg riding mopeds?
1: <laughs> oh. I don't know if I was entirely thrilled with the cyborg edition, and I don't even know how much I felt like they were a part of the Star Wars universe and Tatooine specifically. I mean, we're told that these guys are fending for their lives and tr- just trying to get water and scrape by but they ride these like beautiful speeder bikes that are all different colors don't have a single scratch on them and uh, you know, they even dress really well and have really nice haircuts. And how did they fit in to Tatooine it was re- a little bit confusing for me. And then we're kind of going back to, okay, these guys are a little bit edgy. They come up against you. And then Boba is like, Hey, why don't you just work for me? And he gets more people added to his, his entourage. So I don't know if I'm thrilled me, but I'm leaving room to like them. I think, you know, they might, if they play a larger part, in in uh the story i'd like to see that a really interesting choice of characters to introduce to this uh to this
0: planet. Yeah, do you think they're like Star Wars version of millennials where, you know, they they're poor, they don't have they don't really have a job, they don't really have anywhere to live, but yet they still own expensive stuff and they, you know, they like to complain about stuff but they're not doing anything about it, right? Uh, that's, you know. Yeah. What do you think, Josh? Exactly, that's exactly
1: where my mind went. I was I looked at them and I was like, those are millennials. <laughs> it's like we could fit right in. We could
0: fit right in. Yeah. Yeah. If, <laughs> if, I I should be careful with this this question. I am about to ask you, Joash. Remember, trying to be clean here, PG-rated podcast here. If you could could change one of your body parts to a droid body part, what would you do? What would you change? Joash, Um, what do you you say? Probably,
1: I think it'd be kind of cool to have like metallic legs.
0: Okay. Like legs
1: that were just like really powerful. So the right. effort of just getting places is not as effort, effortful. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm still really over all the other options about. But like <laughs> my-
0: <laughs> I think I do. Uh, do droids draw- draw- have teeth? droids have teeth? Some droid draw- yeah. teeth, a droid draw- jaw, you know, where I could really just chomp down on something. Would be. They can have
1: teeth, I think. Yeah. Would be great. That's
0: a good choice. <laughs> Maybe I'll take General Grievous's heart, but then I have a <laughs> yeah, smoking that. problem, probably. Um, <laughs> all right. So that, that, I mean, we get to see there in the Episode 3, it ends with sort of um, an exciting car chase. Uh, Jordan here asked a question on the Instagram account. He says, is it just me or was the high-speed chase a little slow? Was the high-speed chase a little slow?
1: Literally, you know what? That's funny that Jordan brings that up. I, uh, thank you, Jordan for the question or, uh, the, uh, the post, like I, I thought so as well. You know, we saw them like crank on the handles to go a little bit faster and you just right. didn't get that like speed that was going through. And even, even the car, you'd expect that car to have a little bit more torque and power and just driving through the city and knocking things over. Yeah. I, I think that was a really, that was one of the slowest car chases I think I've ever seen in my
0: life. I think it was because, uh, you know, it sort of was weird. Like, we're seeing the cyborgs chase the Major Domo, and it's sort of like, do we care about either of these, these people? And in Solo, okay, we keep going back to Solo. It's all parallels parallel to Solo, Star Wars. There's a car chase in the opening, opening, you know, 20 minutes of the scene, which is, I think is a really good car chase there. Yeah. And so it's hard to sort of top that. Um, but yeah, ultimately that's sort of how it ends there. And also Boba Fett at the end, he just jetpacks to where the major domo is like, why couldn't you have just just done that? Just use your jetpack. If you have a jetpack, use it as much as humanly possible. What are you what are you saving Absolutely. fuel for? You know? Just yeah. use your jetpack. <laughs> So that basically takes us to all the, that's all the really the big things that have happened here. Do you have any predictions of where we're going from the story here? I think we've talked about, we think we're going to hear see more from the pikes, uh, but we're almost halfway through there's four episodes left. What do we think we go from here, Joe Ash?
1: Before we get to that, Trevor, I did want to bring something up. Okay. Remember how I said we might see C3PO. Yes. 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 Potentially.
0: Okay. We
1: saw some lookalikes during that car change. Yes, that's true. So,
0: um, there was a port- protocol droid, right? That they almost hit, and then and then was there there was another droid, an astromech droid, at some point.
1: I yeah, don't know if I remember I that. It, I think it was all. It all happened in the same sequence. Okay. I remember it vividly because it right. was sort of my redemption point and <laughs> in all of this. Um, yeah, but I think that they're definitely lookalikes. I don't think they're definitely not the real C three PO and R two D two, but we <laughs> definitely see two lookalike droids, that, which are probably probably just Easter eggs, right? Get the kids yeah. happy who are probably watching the show as well
0: it's fun to see the droids there um we also saw those those stormtroopers on uh not on pikes the different type type of pikes uh so, stormtroopers heads on stakes there so that was interesting we've seen that throughout the the fall of the empire is is yeah. making it known but the empire never really had a big rule on tatooine right they they no,
1: it's an it's an outer rim colony right like they're They're just out there doing what they need to do by themselves. It's like the strong survive uh, mentality on Tatooine. So they just rule themselves. But as for like what I, what I think is going to happen in in the next episode, I'm not sure. I think, you know, we've, we've kind of been introduced to this upcoming war. Um, I'm hoping for a little bit of a training montage of Boba trying to ride this, uh, rancor, um, which is kind of cute in a really weird way. I don't know. I, yeah. You know, it hasn't killed him yet. So um, we might see some of that. I'm hoping for a, a Chrysanthemum cameo. I'd love to see him back. Yes. Um, and I'd like to see sort of what happens with um, Boba and the gang, right? He's seen his community of Tuscan Raiders get decimated. What happens? Does he enact revenge on the gang? Does he think it's the Pike? So I, I still think there's a fair bit of story that we need to uncover here.
0: I wonder if we're going to see sort of uh, two, again, going the two st- simultaneous stories where Boba Fett just uh, decimates the the chicken wing gang um, and just takes his revenge on them. But in the present day story, we see the Pikes make a move and sort of kick their butts a little bit. So sort of like he has a want, win in one storyline and a, and a big loss in the other storyline. I could see something like that happen.
1: Yeah. I agree. Like we're, we're still at the halfway mark, right? Like we aren't, you know, we're not even at the halfway mark. So Hmm. there's still a lot that we have to uncover Um, Who knows? We might have kind of the rug pulled out from under us and it might be a whole new baddie, right? We've, there's been hints. We've seen some solo um, Easter eggs here and there, especially with the pike being one of the main villains, but we see a character from solo pop potentially show up in.
0: Yeah. I, I was thinking that, see, I was thinking, I just don't think the time, like, I thought of, like, oh, could we see Kira play, played by uh, Amelia Clark? But, like, it's, that's, you know, what, 20 years later, so they'd have to, like, age her up, and I don't know why you're aging up, Amelia Clark. Um, but, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to see, because we, we don't really know where she ended up there. Um, but, yeah, that basically wraps up the recap of this episode. What, what would you say the rankings are? If we were to rank together, trying to agree on the rankings, I think we both agree Chapter 2 is the, is the best episode so far what do you think was better chapter three or chapter one i'm sort of torn i could go either way
1: yeah i am gonna go with chapter one and then chapter three for now i think you know just kind of seeing him get out get out of the pit and you know get knocked around by some tuscan raiders and uh gets introduced to the kid and then this monster that comes out of the sand that we've never seen before right um i think i really liked that all of that I think some of the detractors for me from episode three, you know, I, I'm not thrilled about the cyborg millennials, to be honest with you. Yes. Um, I thought that just like Jordan said, uh, thanks for listening, Jordan. Like the, uh, car chase was very slow. Um, but you know, like season episode two kind of makes up for all of that. Right. Like we yeah. get introduced to a whole new Wookiee, uh, the huts come back. And this might just be one of those episodes that's that's teeing us up for some more action down the line, which it seems to be that way. So yeah, so we I can't have a, get too mad.
0: We have a chapter two as I as I favorite, chapter one as I second favorite, and chapter three as I third favorite. I'll post it on the Instagram. See what see if people agree with us. Let us you know, uh, Josh. Who would you say is the MVP of this show so far? Who's the who have you most enjoyed the the best character on this show so far?
1: Best character on this show so a show so far to me. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna go out of the blue. The droid eight D eight, voiced <laughs> okay. by Matt Berry.
0: He's the one. He's the one that works in the palace, right? That's he, correct. He works he's for Jabba. He's afraid of Jabba, and now he's sort of like he's he's sort of mean to some of the guests. And Bob was like, No, it's okay. It's okay. So, he's been a good character. He's been good.
1: He's been a recurring character. He's got a little bit of sass. He doesn't want to insult Boba's uh, respect, I guess, uh, or his ego, I should say. Um, and I mean, he's voiced by one of my favorite British comedians. Um, so he's my MVP so far.
0: Yeah, I think for me, again, I mean, I mean, you go Bob. He Boba's obviously been it's all about his show. But I think my favorite character on the show so far is is Anton. I think. Chris Hampton is is the best character on the show. For he's, he's he's the thing, the character that I'm just I'm just glued to the screen when he's on there. And so I hope we get more of him. Um, so unique. I, you know, it's interesting. Do you feel like as, as we we're just talking about this, I'm trying to go through the different characters. There's not that many recurring characters. There's only been three episodes, um, and it's hard because some of the recurring characters were Tuscan Raiders, and it's hard to really get to know them. Um, but Are you disappointed in the lack of fennec i feel like she is is hasn't really done too much in this show so far
1: yeah i'd have to agree fennec like we've seen fennec at her you know peak fighting skills but i'm sorry not at her peak but we've seen her fight before i don't think we've seen her at her peak um so it'd be nice to see some more fennec i look it's all leading up to this sort of war and this battle against um the pike and if i'm boba i'm just happy i have fennec on my side she's a she's smart she's obviously lethal um and someone we're going to see a lot more of i yeah you're right we haven't seen her to her full potential but i, I believe mm-hmm. that's going to be coming
0: yeah it's sort of like he she sort of asked at one point oh do you want me to go check it out boba right and he's like no don't worry about it right and sort of we need her we need her to go out and go check it out and we need some sort of that secondary story i want to see what you know and going we mission. were kind of hinted,
1: we were kind of hinted at how lethal she is in that chrysanthemum fight, right? She was the one who ended up getting him into the pit. And right. No one else. There was several other people and people I'm using lightly, but several other <laughs> people who were trying to get chrysanthemum subdued, And she was the only one and barely broke a sweat doing it. So right. you know she has a lot of potential. We're gonna see her do some really cool stuff uh, in the upcoming episodes. But yeah, I'm a little disappointed. We haven't seen a lot more of her and a lot more of what she's capable of up until this point.
0: Yeah, just it's sort of exciting that they like brought her in there. They you know they brought her back sort of a fun character. Um, She's a strong female character, has a lot of personality, and we just all we really see here is just play right hand, right hand woman to uh, to Boba Fett. So I'd like to see see her have a bit of a storyline, a bit of a story beat to maybe give us a reason to to care about her. Uh, But yeah, that basically. Wraps us up here, talking about chapters two and three of the book of Boba Fett. Uh, any any last last things to leave us here with Joe Ash? Any last thoughts?
1: Uh, I just really want to see some pod racers. I'm <laughs> you know a little disappointed. Like this is Tatooine, and that that seemed like such a such a like fan engaging event for all the people of Tatooine. So I'm very surprised that it isn't a tradition that's been continued up until this point. And a little disappointed that I haven't seen or heard of any pod racers, but that's okay. I think there's so much more potential. Like we have a Rancor, we have a Wookiee, we have this upcoming war where both of those things are going to be playing pretty big parts by uh, all imagination. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the remaining five episodes for sure.
0: Yeah. Last thing here, I'll, I'll leave us here. I think it's only four episodes. I think it goes to seven. Um it doesn't. I asked you this last podcast, and I don't know if we have any more clear. I asked if we think we're going to leave Tatooine, and we both thought that we would probably. But I don't know if I don't know if we're leaving Tatooine. Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel?
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Like we haven't seen Boba's ship at all. A uh, very famous ship. We yeah. haven't left the planet. The huts of any of of everybody have left the planet. So. You're right. I don't know if we're going to see another planet on here, unless it's uh, in a flashback of sorts. Right.
0: Um, yeah, which, which we've, we've seen strange. Camino, yeah. We've seen Camino that doesn't really count, bit really quickly. Um, it's been fun to see Camino that's the water planet where he was made, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I have two theories of where, where we might see him use his ship and leave Tatooine. One is that he needs to get reinforcements from somebody, whether that's on Hata, whether it's talking to somebody else he knows, and he maybe leaves Fennec, In charge at the palace, and he goes and flies off. I think that'd be kind of fun to see, Um, and then that would put Fennec in more of a storyline here, as as maybe some as he's away from the office, some big problem happens, right? That she has to deal with, and she deals it with more aggression than she's used to. And then the other thought I I have of when we might see him leave Tatooine is when he loses the, the the title of crime lord, when he loses the throne, and at the end of the series, he has to. Leave Tatooine. I think that's a possibility too.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, but will that happen in the near future? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think the one if he goes off to look for allies, I guess maybe in five or six, they could you could see something like that. And then obviously, if he were to lose, it'd be seven. Probably he'd call it. Um, so that's what we got here. That's it. Basically, everybody, thank you again for listening. Uh, once again, please subscribe to us. Please re- uh, review and rate us. Give us your five star reviews on the Apple podcast app. Uh, let us know. We got some things in the work here. We're going to bring back again. This is the never seen Star Wars network where we did a whole series. We went through the whole saga. Me and Kristen, she had never seen Star Wars and we went through the whole uh, saga. I got something in the works here to do another, another podcast uh, with Kristen We've done the episodes one to nine, but there's a couple of spin-off movies, and so I think we're going to hit one of those spin-off movies, Joe Ash. Uh, Does that sound pretty cool?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. One of my favorite series. It's always fun taking somebody who's never seen Star Wars through something that we're really passionate about and we've loved since we were kids. Um, So yeah, she's going to
0: enjoy those movies. Maybe, maybe I'll ask her what, if, she, if she would think that in uh, Star Wars, if any cyborgs riding mopeds, millennial cyborgs riding mopeds would show up and see if she, she thinks I'm making it up or if she thinks it's a believable thing. We'll see uh otherwise thank you very much uh, for listening uh, let us know if you watched the show if you enjoyed the show give us your reviews tell us what body part you'd use uh, as a droid. you'd replace with a droid part and uh otherwise thank you very much we'll be back again in two weeks to talk about chapters four and five thank you very much again i'm trevor chung and with joe ash uh merry sorry, i was gonna say merry christmas <laughs> i want to say may the forest be with you christmas is It's over, Joash. Yeah, Uh, it really is. may, May the force be with you. Thank you. Bye.